This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. As we're holding now in Shavu Shachal by Tishabov, the week which Tishabov falls out, so now all of Klai is on the same page. We all have the same restrictions. <clears throat> Svaram only started last night that they're not allowed to take showers, they're not allowed to cut the hair, they're not allowed to do laundry, but now we're all on the same page. We all have the same restrictions. Just very quickly with laundry, I think we spoke about this in the past, but it's always Kadai to review. There's two separate elements to the issue, or the issue of laundry. One is the act of laundering. The other thing is wearing freshly laundered clothing. So you cannot launder clothing during the nine days, nor can you have a cleaning lady or a dry cleaner laundered for you. And then there's another din that you're not allowed to wear freshly laundered clothing. Two separate halachas, both based on the premise, one is laundering itself is Mesiyach Daitem Yavelas, and wearing freshly laundered is enjoyable, it's, uh, it's an issue of Avelas. The only difference is when it comes to wearing freshly laundered clothing, there's a uh, well-known heta from Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, it's not his chiddush, others said it earlier than him, that it's only for certain specific articles of clothing that it's a problem. Anything that's known as a big day zaya, any article of clothing that you wear just to hold sweat, which means it's not there to give off a chashivas to the clothing, that may be worn as long even if it was washed before the nine days. You can't wash it during the nine days, but let's say, for example, before the nine days you washed all of what's called big day zaya, you'd be allowed to wear it during the nine days. Now, what constitutes big day zaya? So big day zaya is usually assumed to be socks, underwear, undershirts, and things like that. The Moshe Feinstein is quoted by Rabbi Felder as saying a big chiddush, that any shirt that doesn't have a collar is already big day zaya. T-shirts. Many people in the summer wear T-shirts. You know, if you don't wear what he calls a shirt with a collar, that's also big day zaya. Even though you're wearing it maybe outside, or you may be wearing it to work, but it's a glorified big day zaya. That was a chiddush from Rav Moshe. But uh, for those people that have to go to work, and they can't wear a t-shirt to work, most people today can't, so you have to wear something somewhat presentable. So what do you do? So the accepted practices, based on the halachas and hilchas havelos, is you try to take the crispness out of the shirt. Whether you throw it on the floor, you play catch with it, you let your kids run on it, whatever you're going to do. But the point is you want it to be not crisp, not fresh, like it just came out of the dry cleaners. Meaning, if you picked this up from the dry cleaners, you'd ask for your money back. That's how not crisp and fresh it's supposed to be. If after you fling it around and you throw it on the floor, it just looks as crisp as it was when it came out of the dry cleaners, you got yourself a problem. The idea is to take away the fresh crispness from it, and then therefore does not present a problem. We've talked many times in the past about taking showers during the nine days, just very bikitsar, I don't want to spend time in it, is that being that we are, we always have hot weather during the nine days, it's just part of the uh, summer experience, is if a person needs to shower because he perspired, because he's very sweaty, so that's called lahaver esazuama. You're just showering because you want to get rid of the sweat, the perspiration, that is mutter. It should be a quick shower, in and out. You could use soap, but it shouldn't be an hour and a half. It shouldn't be more than maybe two, three minutes, sachakol, done, finish, you're out. Um, you should try to spread it out, maybe not every night, every other night, but if a person spends a couple of hours outside in very hot weather, he's going to come back very fashvitzed. So he could take a very quick and should try to be as not hot as possible. Trying to take a cold shower I find extremely difficult. Every year I try it, I can't do it. Maybe people are stronger than I am. But you got to be able to handle a good cold shower. You put a little lukewarm into it to the point that it's not enjoyable, but it still does the job. It's quick soap, shampoo, whatever you need, and you can get out and it should not take too long. And that's considered mutter under the banner of just to remove dirt. You're not trying to enjoy the water. <clears throat> what I really want to talk about is Erev Tishabov. 
This will be our last chance to, uh, for a shit till the Erev Tishabov. So let's go through some of the halachas of Erev Tishabov. This is unique because the last couple of years we didn't really have a real Erev Tishabov because it was falling out on Shabbos. So many people are not clear about some of the halachas that were applied to the last two years that we're going to have this year. This year we have a regular Erev Tishabov because Tishabov falls out during the week. So the Ramah brings down a very difficult halacha to understand. The Ramah brings down halacha that there's a minute not to learn on Erev Tishabov those things that you're not allowed to learn on Tishabov. We have a whole list of things that they're only that are you allowed to learn on Tishabov. You can't learn regular. You can't do dafyaymin. You can't learn whatever mesachti you're learning. You can't learn whatever limit you're learning. You're very limited on Tishabov to what you're allowed to learn. And the simple reason is because Torah is supposed to bring a person to joy. It is a joyable experience. And therefore, we're not allowed to learn Torah on Tishabov. So the Ramah writes a Chiddush not only on Tishabov proper, but even on Erev Tishbab after Chatzais. So Wednesday afternoon after Chatzais, you can't learn your regular limud. You can only learn the things that are permissible on Tishbab. The problem with the Ramah, which all the Achreim deal with, and the Taz is extremely uh, upset by the Ramah, is, but, but it's not Tishbab. It's Erev Tishbab. There's no Avelis. The guy can sit with his Gemara, and he can have a big, huge iced coffee. He can eat whatever he wants, but he can tell me, but no, you can't learn what you want to learn. But it's... It's not Tishabov. What's the Yisrael of the prohibition? So the Achrein of Mutshah to try to explain it at the end of it. There's a long Behalachim, it's a long Mishnabura. Sachakob Besikum. The Halachi is like this. If you have other things to learn and you can fill your time with other things that you could learn on Tishabov, better to learn those things than to learn Dvarim Hamutar. However, if you're one of those people that if you're told you can't learn what you want to learn, you just won't learn. So then it's Kedai to learn regular things. You have to know yourself. Some people are, you know, very structured. They like their, their topic and their limud and their dafyemishe, whatever they're doing. If you tell them they have to learn the Agazah, the Gemaras, and Gittin, they ain't showing up. It's not worth it, right, Samish Tabur. Kedai, listen, Michael, Akilim in that case, learn your regular style of learning. But if you, anyways, are so uh, easygoing in your learning, for the same price, you can learn the Agazah, and Gittin, and you can learn the Sugim Ababasra. So many places can suggest in that case, it would be better if you could learn something of Divrei Agazah. <clears throat> many people are Makbid. They don't learn a whole year up to this. They don't learn because on Erev Tishbev, you're not learning on Tishbev, you're not learning. They go through the whole year, they just don't learn Torah, they do nothing. But Me'ikar Adin, I think if a person knows himself, and he knows he's not going to learn, if he doesn't learn his scheduled learning, I definitely would suggest you would learn scheduled learning. If you look in the Baraloch, he calls him a Mama Modchai, the Mama Modchai writes, he thinks you should learn really on Tishbev. He says, it's such a shame, so many people on Tishbev don't learn, and don't do Avelos, don't do anything. That's not, that's not a good idea. So he says, no, but Tishabov is also Mekaradin. I can't stop it. But Erev Tishabov, which is only a minute, he writes Avada, if it's this or nothing, it's much better to learn than it is to do nothing. And that's really the way many Achreinim learn the Ramah. The only reason why the Ramah said not to learn is because he knew you have other things to learn. But if you know that you're not going to learn the other things, you're not going to learn Devar Maroyim, you're not going to learn that Gadatah and Gittin, that's a little easier because the Afyemi just did it. So now people are more familiar with those Gadatah and Gemaras. But if you know you're not going to do that and you're going to just do nothing, so Avada learned the regular limit. Then the Ramah brings another halacha, which is also hard, because the source of it is not clear. It says, Lo yitayel Erev Tishabov. Which literally translates, don't go for a walk on Erev Tishabov. So the first question is, what time are we talking about? By learning, the Ramah said, after Chatzos. Here the Ramah doesn't say when. So some people say, no, it's an offshoot of the first halacha in the Ramah. Just like the first halacha was after Chatzos, this is also after Chatzos. But the Prima Gadim doesn't learn that way. The Prima Gadim learns, Lo yitayel the whole day, Erev Tishabov. That's really shvel. It's again, Erev Tishav in the morning is is bechual no nihil gavelo. So why should you not be allowed to go for a tiyul? So again, the achreinim also have a hard time understanding it. Some achreinim learn that hitake means after chatzos, and he said, and the pshat in the is like this: How can you go on a pleasure trip if you're not allowed to learn Torah? 
If I'm not allowed to do something as pleasurable as learning, why would I be allowed to do something pleasurable like uh, going on a trip? I would think, forget, because you can't learn. You've got nothing else to do, so you go on a trip. So, Lamaya said, what does it mean to go on a teal today, practically? So, it means some form of going out in an enjoyable setting. Maybe it means going out to eat, getting together with friends just to get together. That, that's the things we shouldn't be doing on Erev Tishabov, at least. Maybe even early in the morning on Erev Tishabov as well. Because Erev Tishabov this year falls on a regular weekday, we have the opportunity to, to do the Sudas HaMavsekas. We haven't had the opportunity for the last couple of years, so it's Kedai Rechazor a little bit about the Sudas HaMavsekas. So, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch describes the halachas of Sudas HaMavsekas. So, basically, the way it works out, especially according to the Ramban, is that we try to have a big Suda earlier in the day, because we want to be able to go into the fast with energy, because it's a long fast, and therefore you should have a good Suda, but not too late in the day. The Ramban has a whole discussion, the Torah quotes this Ramban, that if you're going to eat your big supper very late, then you're not going to have much of an appetite for the Suda HaMavsekas. So it kind of defeats the purpose. So you want to have your big hefty supper sometime in the afternoon, but not too late in the afternoon. And then at some point before Shkia, we eat what's called the Suda HaMavsekas. What is the Suda HaMavsekas supposed to accomplish? What's its nature, its yisoid? So it might be a machloikis rishoinim, maybe early achroinim. What is the purpose of the Suda HaMavsekas? Mr. Brewer brings down a practice based on a Yushalmi. That when a person eats the Suda HaMavsekas, he's supposed to say, Zeo Sudas Tishabov. It's so Yushalmi. The Yushalmi brings down such a practice, and Mr. Brewer brings it down, Halach Lamaisa. Yosef quotes this Yushalmi. That when a person eats the Suda HaMavsekas, he's supposed to say, Zeo Sudas Tishabov. The question is, what does it mean, Sudas Tishabov? What does the Suda HaMavsekas have to do with Sudas Tishabov? So the short, the, the short answer to that is, I believe that the site of the Sudas HaMavsekas, and this is really brought out from a Chuma Sadeshan, the site of the Sudas HaMavsekas is to get us into the mood of Tishabov. It's very hard to turn off, to go from, you know, eating, 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 to like that, to stop and to jump into a day like Teshavah. So we need a little preparation. The Sudha Mahav Sarkis is the preparation to get, to set the, set the mood, so to say, for Teshavah. That's why the Trumasadeshan writes, and we pass in this way also, that we don't have to take off our shoes for the Sudha Mahav Sarkis. Why don't you have to take off your shoes? Because it's not Avelis. We're not expressing Avelis, we're not doing Avelis. What are we doing? We're setting the tone, we're setting the mood for Teshavah. We are noik to sit on the floor. That is something we do. So we, when we eat the suda, so most of us have a gazunta lunch, uh, lunch slash early supper, whatever you want to call it, where we fill up on whatever we need to fill up. Then many places, the way the Ramad describes, Yidav Mincha. And then you come back and you eat the suda sabab sekes. So the suda sabab sekes is very clear. Mishnah Mesechus Tainis, you can't have more than two tafshilin. Most people today just have what the Gemara calls the Behuda Rabbi Lloyd's version of the suda sabab sekes. They have some bread and they dip it into ash. And you're supposed to say, Zeo Sudas Tishabov. Even if someone is not fasting on Tishabov, they still should eat the Sudas Hamavsekis. That's what Shalom Zaman Orbach Paskin, there are others as well. And this is something we should do, but we should not do the Sudas Hamavsekis in groups. It should be done in individuals. Shalom Zaman Paskins, we should not sit three people together, so we shouldn't have to shail of Zimun. And we Paskin, the Magna Avram writes, and even if three people would sit together, you still don't do Zimun. Why? Because this is not a group experience. This is supposed to be an individual-based experience. Why? Like we said earlier, the purpose of this suda is to get everyone's mindset, everyone should be getting ready for Tisha B'av, and therefore it should not be done in a gathering together with other people. After the suda of Sekas, the, the tainus does not begin automatically. The tainus does not begin automatically until after Shkia. But Mr. Brewer does right. You should be careful. Just make it clear that you don't want to be Makabal Tainish just because you benched. Just because you benched and you finished your Sudha Samavsekis, it doesn't mean that you want to be Makabal Tainish. You can speak it out. And this way you can eat up until the Zmat. There's an interesting discussion in the Paiskim about why, why we say Mizma Lesoid on Tishabov. 
I normally we don't say mizmul seida like an erev kippur. We don't say mizmul seida because you don't have enough time to eat the carbon seida. So on tishbav you don't have enough time to eat the carbon seida either. So why do we say mizmul seida on erev tishbav and even on tishbav? So the magen avram is similar on hair's discussion. Of course, the truth mashal halacha l'maisa. We do say mizmul seida both on erev tishbav and on tishbav proper. We do say mizmul seida. Um, very bikitzer. Again, we're not going to have time to go into all the various shinuyim or things to be aware of when it comes to the davening. On Tisha B'av, but um, one thing which you know bothers me a little bit every year is that when we leave shul, Leil Tisha B'av, it shouldn't be a, uh, a festive experience where everyone's leaving and schmoozing, and it's supposed to be everyone should just go home, just go home, don't schmooze, don't have a conversation, how you're feeling, how you're doing, how was your day, it's not the time, it's not the right, now you can get to that later. Leil Tisha B'av, we should all leave shul quietly, quickly, and that is a, as a group, as a party, we are in a state of mourning. I know it's hard for us to get into it. Blinetta will talk more about it. Tisha B'Av morning had a feel real Avelis. But that's something that I think we can try. Is that when we leave here after Eicha, after Eicha and Kinnis, we should really leave. We should really, no, no sitting around, no schmoozing, no gathering information. We should, again, and I don't think, I don't want anyone to think it's because we're trying to be mean. We're not trying to be mean. We're not trying to be nasty. We're not trying to be cold. We don't want to be labeled a cold shul. It's because we're trying to do what the Allah says. The Allah says we're supposed to get moving. We're supposed to go. So Lamaisa, it's something that uh, is brought down in the Pais It's something that uh, every year I think we need to work a little bit more on. That when we finish Leil Tishabov, we should just go home. Again, I know I'm tired. I don't know if anyone else is tired, but uh, it's Kedai to pack up and go home. This way we don't run into shiles of greeting each other and Shayla Shalim. This way we just go home when Kinnis is over.